This is the Oanda Podcast. You're listening to the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. And today we're joined by Ed Moyer in New York. Good afternoon from London, Ed. How are you doing? Not too bad. It's been a fairly quiet week, dare I say it. The big headline would be those Fed minutes of yesterday and the details in terms of how the Fed plans to shrink the balance sheet. And I suppose the big message coming from those minutes were they are intending to be fairly aggressive on the future rate hikes. And it was quite a hawkish minutes, wasn't it? Very much so. I think traders were trying to get a sense. Were they going to give us uh, some clear-cut guidance on the balance sheet reduction, exactly how aggressive are they going to be with with these uh, upcoming rate hikes? The Fed, um, you know, flat out said, um, you know, they're, they're considering uh, a monthly pace of $60 billion in treasuries, $35 billion in mortgage-backed securities, so a total of $95 billion a month, which um, is... Uh, almost uh, double the peak of $50 billion, uh, the last time the Fed trimmed the balance sheet in, uh, back in 2017 and 2019. But when you consider what markets were expecting uh, just you know a month or two ago, um, I, it was closer to $100 billion. So, uh, you know, the initial reaction, um, it was actually uh, for a couple two seconds uh, it was kind of dovish um, but uh, the rest and I think when everyone got to process the minutes it was it was it was it was definitely hawkish um, uh, the, the Fed even said uh, many officials pointed that um, one or more 50 basis point hikes uh, may be warranted um, for for them to flat out say that you know suggests that um, you're you're going to get at least two maybe three uh, and and if and, and basically everything points to growing concerns about inflation. Um, some officials, you know, voice concerns that it's broadening out into the services sector, which is very concerning for the Fed. So if 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 they believe that, then you should anticipate um, they're going to be much more aggressive. And when you consider all the Fed speak we've had, um, everything has has been about aggressive tightening so i think i think that uh you're you're probably going to um have the fed be um um in a position where they they know that they they need to be um delivering um large rate hikes um they're 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 going to be kicking off that balance sheet reduction in may and 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 the the expectations um are for them to really to to get this um, tightening faster pace of tightening going um, be, because uh, you know they they they've been late to, to the game to to fight inflation and and I think that uh, you know the, the the Fed knows that uh, um, the economy right now is very strong um, and I think we you could even take a look at today's jobless claims data um, you know I think. A lot of traders were, um, you know, once again, uh, impressed, uh, you know, uh, jobless claims, you know, coming in at 166,000. That's, you know, even before the pandemic, you know, a, a, a reading sub 200,000 was impressive. Um, so it, it seems that, uh, you know, anyone who's talking about recession right now, uh, those uh, those claims are 
completely um, overdone. Uh, you know, we're, 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 right now the economy is still very strong. Um, you know, a few more months, maybe one, two more quarters of these widespread price increases, then we can, we can talk about that. So I think uh, you're probably going to see that in, in investors are going to be concerned um, if, if inflation keeps up this pace. But for now, I think you're you're probably going to see the, uh, the the market is is going to expect the Fed to be aggressive over the next couple of meetings, and then they're they're going to wait and see if they change their tune. We used to associate recessions with unemployment, though, didn't we? And it's possible, is it not, that we might still have good numbers of employed people, but such is the problem with inflation that will cause a, a different kind of recession? Or am I getting my economics mixed up there? It's fascinating right now because, you know, we did see the, you know, the, the big twos, tens inversion uh, happen. And, and uh, now, you know, it happened and then it, uh, um, then we, we saw the curve steepen. And now I think what we're probably going to see is uh, the economy's position right now that it could go into a recession if the Fed makes a policy mistake in maintaining an aggressive stance of tightening um, even um, once we start to have growth concerns emerge possibly in the summer. Um, and, and I think the the expectation on Wall Street is that the Fed is going to try to deliver a soft landing. Uh, and, and what that means is the Fed might be raising rates by 50. They might be shrinking the balance sheet by uh, $95 billion a month. And then come, you know, the summertime when we're, we're, we're starting to see consumer spending go down. We're starting to see, um, you know, the American consumer has already tapped a lot of their savings. Um, you know, hiring has really hit a wall. Um, you know, that pent-up demand that that uh, that we were all expecting, a lot of that has come and gone. Um, and and then the Fed might be in a position where they'll say, okay, we we're seeing some of this weakness in growth, and then they might say we could only raise by 25 basis points. Um, and and the if the Fed does that. Um, then, you know, th that that would pro possibly um, keep the party going on and, and um, avert, you know, some of those concerns that were, were headed into a recession. But if the Fed is, is still seeing these pricing pressures um, really um, not ease, um, and if, let's say, inflation um, didn't peak, um, and there's expectations that it's peaking in the next month or two, um, then, and the Fed is saying, no, we have to keep on hiking by 50. Or if, let's say, things got really ugly and they had to even deliver a 75 basis point hike at one point, uh, then at that moment, uh, financial conditions would tighten, uh, would become restrictive. Uh, and then that's when you would see the economy head into uh, a recession. You would you would really start to see economic activity um, come to a crawl. And 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 then um, you know unemployment would would be ticking higher. Um, and and uh, but but I think the the way the the economy is positioned, um, you could you could see a recession, but 
I think a lot of this is is dependent on these uh, geopolitics, and and uh, I think um, if if um, we we have the bigger commodity pricing pressures concerns alleviated, um, then I think you'll 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 you won't really see those recession concerns you know be real for this year or even next year. But um, I, I think the the right now that what will drive this e economy into recession is the Fed, and and there's a big question mark on what they'll do. But I think the expectation is that. Uh, they uh, they're going to try to deliver that soft landing, but um, it, it 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 all depends on what happens with inflation. And the Fed is not in a position right now to make any calls, so uh, we're all in wait and see mode. And let's move on to a related subject, of course, and that is oil. Another interesting week for oil. When isn't it? Uh, who'd be an oil trader right now? Brent crude now below a hundred dollars or thereabouts. There are a number of possible reasons. China's lockdown, the continuing debate over EU sanctions, and so on. What is the main reason, do you think, for why oil has dipped below that $100 mark? There's several contributing factors. Um, I think uh, what started it in the beginning of the week was you had the announcement from the IEA countries, that's the International Energy Agency members. They uh, announced that they uh, were going to release a 60 million barrels that's on top of the 180 million barrel release announcement uh, by the u.s um so so you you saw that uh, all these energy consuming countries are tapping their reserves and they're providing um, a lot of short-term relief here for oil prices um, you mentioned the COVID situation in in, in asia and, and china specifically those lockdowns are crippling activity today uh house speaker pelosi testing positive postponing her trip to asia i believe um, so so you're, you're you're seeing that there's a a little bit of uh deterrence here in, in possible and in some travel uh, that is, is that is emerging um but um what what is really um i think been today's driver is that you're you're, you're seeing there's there's um, overall some risk aversion in the market, and a lot of that is being driven by the the um, the concern that you're going to have the Fed become a little bit more aggressive here in in tightening of of uh, policy, and and uh, what that is going to do is uh, potentially be uh, a little bit troublesome here for risky assets, and and uh, that could lead to um, a much more difficult um, environment there, which um, risk aversion is not good for the crude demand outlook. Risk aversion is not good for uh, uh, commodity currencies, um, and risk aversion in, in that essence is, uh, is is going to be a drag on oil um, because you're probably going to see it be followed by a stronger dollar. Um, so, so, so I think there's a, there's several contributing factors. Um, and you also have um, the, you know, there. It, it seems like for days we've been talking about what the the EU is trying to figure out their path of tougher sanctions against Russia. And while they'll probably go coal, then gas, and then eventually maybe some oil, um, it seems that uh, you're 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 not going to get. Um, an immediate um, EU sanction on oil anytime soon because it's 
um, you can't replace Russian oil right now. The, the world, there's there's just uh, no way, there's no, you, you, you can't make up for that shortfall. Uh, you know, Russia, um, you know, when, when you take a look at what the UAE, Saudi Arabia, um, and a lot of these other members have, you know, the spare capacity right now with what Russia provides, if you were to deliver a hard Russia uh, um, embargo, it, it you, you can't make it work. So I think that, uh, you know, the fear that, okay, if you had a Russia ban on oil, you know, and then, okay, well, then that's your argument for $150, $200 oil. Well, if that's not happening, well, then, okay, well, that's why you're, you're seeing uh, some of the oil weakness, um, I think, possibly be accelerated here. So I think that, uh, you know, there there's still a lot of traders anticipating that, um, you know, we're, we're going to be dealing with elevated oil prices for the next few years. Um, you know, the, even when this war is over, we're, we're still going to have $80 oil, um, you know, in, in, in 2025. Um, you know, I think that uh, right now, uh, oil below $100, you know, and we haven't seen Brent below 100, you know, since March 17th. Um, so this is a, this is a big move here. And I think it, it'll probably be short lived. Um, but um, right now you're, you're, you are seeing, um, if, if demand destruction keep, keeps up, then oil can't stay lower. But um, for, for right now, I think there is, a, there is some, uh, uh, there is some growing volatility here in oil. And uh, that will be, uh, I think that's the one thing that could keep oil heading lower is if, if people become more concerned about the, uh, the consumption side of things, but um, no, it's been a, it's been an interesting move because uh, it seemed uh, a lot of a lot of the energy traders were pretty pretty overly bullish, um, be, just given the how tight this market was. Interesting what you say about 2025. You know, I would have hoped by then there may be more alternative forms of energy that would have increased in number. But is that why you've picked that date of 2025? Uh, just um, basing it off of the investment um, the, or the lack of investment into the clean energy space. I, I think what happened was COVID really disrupted everything. It disrupted how all these energy companies were transitioning. Um, and, and now what you're seeing um, is, uh, you know, this capital discipline. Um, unfortunately, um, it, what, what, what will what's going to, you know, the end result is going to be is that they're going to be able to clean house and have amazing margins with dirty oil for a little bit longer. And uh, they'll, they'll be able to kind of drag their feet um, on on the uh, the clean energy side of things. I think that uh, the world is headed towards clean energy. Um, but uh, I think that uh, you're, 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 you're going to see that that switch is going to take a lot longer than people want um and uh that's the it's a it's a shame but um, I, I think unfortunately um you're you're, you're probably going to see um, a lot of resistance to um abandoning the oil oil market um given um some of the the shortfalls we've seen with the uh wind and nuclear and uh but but right now uh, you know the, the the way the the market is positioned uh um, you're 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 going to probably see more 
more more of these markets become nationalized but uh we'll see where where that <laughs> ends up but um for now that's kind of um i think the overall expectation that um you know oil prices are they're, they're not going to go much lower i wonder where bitcoin will be uh in 2025 uh, ed uh, as for the moment it has gone through a bit of a stall over the last uh, few days has it not i am comfortable giving forecasts for oil years out for bitcoin no <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, yeah, the the Bitcoin rally, it's a fascinating one. Bitcoin had a major breakout. Bitcoin had, you know, massive investments come in place. Uh, there was so much momentum building. Uh, you even had Treasury Secretary Yellen talk crypto and nothing new emerged there. But there was some exhaustion. There was some exhaustion. You didn't get a fresh catalyst. And you, you basically saw treasury yields continue to climb higher. And uh, surging treasury yields is kryptonite for risky assets. And it will be and will remain so for crypt, for uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies in general. Um, so I think uh, the, the, the party is, you know, is, is taking a break for, for Bitcoin. Um, the, 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 the momentum is, is not there right now. And you're probably going to see that Bitcoin is, is likely to remain range bound until we see exactly um, what happens with the market's reaction to these next couple of um, Fed policy meetings. So, so I think that, um, you know, the Bitcoin consolidation range will probably broaden, but, you know, we're, we're probably looking at um, 40 to 50,000 for the next month or two. Um, and, and I think that uh, still, the interest is there. the 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 new projects they're they're consistently growing, um, but I think that um, for now you're you're seeing a lot of focus go on to these other coins, and uh, you know so so Bitcoin is 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 likely to to remain in in uh, this consolidation pattern. But um, overall, though, the fundamentals uh, still look pretty solid for for Bitcoin. Okay, Ed, thank you very much for joining us today. Have a very good weekend when you get to it. Thank you. You too. This is the Oanda Podcast.